0: the spell on you, and now you're mine, thank you Max, for that mom, i
1: out. out, and now you're mine, video. We have a whole new show with new equipment and I feel like it deserves a new intro. So I have been experimenting this afternoon with making this little mix, which I thought was really fun. I hope you liked it. And I'm going to start, I think, playing some fun music That I don't know if I'll keep like mixing it or maybe just like play a song that I feel like reflects the guest I'm not sure, I'm gonna experiment, let me know what you think Let me know if this sounds better, I think it will And I'm super excited, I'm gonna start recording the interviews with this better equipment And you should have better sound quality so, I think it's going to be pretty amazing. Um, I'm really excited. I'm really, really, really excited. So, yeah, that's about it, guys. Um, that's what's new, I guess. And today I have Jess on the podcast. You guys know her, you love her. She is Golden Finch on Instagram and she spells it gold ian finch or we talk about this for like half an hour like how you're supposed to pronounce it what was she what was she like trying to convey um so it's g-o-l-d-y-n-f-i-n-c-h so like golden finch but spelled mysteriously um i absolutely love her um She is a tarot reader and a mystical artist and also an intuitive teacher and a tarot teacher. And I am just so excited about this interview. It is so good, you guys. You're going to love it. Um, We talk about everything. She's so easy to talk to. We talked about how she got into tarot. Um how she was kind of always a little bit like magical growing up and how that kind of just like naturally came to her, which she tells really fun stories about that. We talk about her coffee grounds, um, project that she's doing right now. I don't know if I'd call it a project, but, um, yeah, I guess a project, right? These coffee readings that she's been doing on the gram, the Instagrams, um, where she'll like do, it's almost like a tea leaf reading, but with coffee grounds. So we get into that and we talk about her being, uh, a former teacher and transitioning now into more of like an, inc- a creative, intuitive field and what that was like to transition. And um, things ahead in 2020, and um, we talk a lot about tarot and different cards, cards she loves. Um, we get into so many different topics, and it was so easy to talk to her. Um, this is such a fun interview. I know I keep saying that, but if you guys want to book a reading with her, um, you can go to www.org goldenfinch.com so g-o-l-d-y-n-f-i-n-c-h dot com um book readings workshops she does email readings and one-to-one via zoom um so that's over the internet so you can catch her there and she's also doing mentorships like we talk about um And also, I just want to shout out the really cool creative collages that she was doing. I was obsessed with all of those. So we talk about that and her inspiration. Um, Yeah, so definitely connect with her on Instagram. Um, Same place I just said, Golden Finch, G-O-L-D-Y-N-F-I-N-C-H. I I always want to say, like, Goldian. I don't know why. I, like, read it like that, but... (laughs) It's definitely golden, (laughs) Um, but thank you guys for listening. I love you so much, and I got cool sound effects now, so I can do things like this. Yes, could you even hear that? Let me do it again. Ah, there it is. There it is. I'm getting used to everything, but it's all very exciting, So without any further ado, here is Jess. Stop. now it's happening so go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody
0: hi blind love i am jess otherwise known as golden finch i'm an intuitive tarot reader and mystical artist i am also an omnivore
1: Ooh, tell me more
0: I, i bring that up just because um you know i am the daughter of a butcher and the granddaughter of a pig farmer and so i think that's a little bit different
1: Oh, my God. Okay, so omnivore is only plants, right?
0: Isn't omnivore everything? Like, I'll pretty much just gobble it up if it's in front
1: of me. Oh, okay. That is not what I thought you meant. I love that. I love everything, too. Yeah, so it's like, you know, if
0: it's out there and it's, you know, delicious, I'm all about it.
1: So, okay, so your dad was a butcher or your granddad was a butcher? They were both butchers.
0: Both. yeah, so I come from like a long lineage of Amish and Mennonite relatives, uh-huh. so a lot of farmers, a lot of pig farming, and my grandpa had a, a butcher shop.
1: Oh my god, I love pigs. My husband is like, we think of him <laughs> as like the pig. Like, like. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: you know, so my dad, you know, he started cutting meat from the age of five, pretty much as soon as he could like carry a knife, he was growing the family wow. business. And that was his livelihood for most of when I was growing up. So when my sister actually decided that she was going to be vegetarian uh, for, you know, ethics and stuff, like, we got it, but at the same time, my dad was like, this is my livelihood. Like, I bring home the meat, and I put it on the table.
1: At the same time, we cast her out of the family. <laughs> so it was just like this kind of awkward thing. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite part of the pig? There's so many. You could add oh. pork belly or bacon or pork shoulder.
0: I love it. I love, um, let's see, just the other night we went out to our favorite Mexican restaurant down the street and had carnitas.
1: So I Whoa. love like, that kind
0: of slow cooking. You know, where it's I kind of I love
1: that. Yeah. Um, I'm making pulled pork tonight. Mm-hmm. And we did a pig roast for our rehearsal dinner for our wedding so that was like something i'd never done before and it was hilarious because it was like monsooning outside and my friend was like (laughs) roasting this pig in the parking lot it was kind of ridiculous but it turned out fabulous and i just love everything about pigs they're cute, <laughs> they're delicious, and I feel like it's so on internet to say that you like meat. Like, right, and that's- I always get, like, so self-conscious, like, oh my god, so many vegans are gonna attack me and hate it.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I feel it too, you know, I, um, I think if I had to go and procure my own meat, just being real, I, I wouldn't be able to do it, so I would probably become vegan like if I had to do the deed I don't think I would have it in me
1: I think I could like hunt but when it comes to like skinning an animal right. mm-hmm. like that is so intense so I can't believe your dad did that at so young
0: right at a young age well it's nice too because it was like a really small farm and you know, my, my father worked for a lot of like natural brochures so it's you know having knowing more where the meat came from that's more ethically sourced that it's you know more humane I went at the age of 12 to go see you know the kind of like the backgrounds of how the how it works so like kind of knowing where our meat comes from
1: mm-hmm. uh, so I feel like that's interesting. So, so big I just thought that was
0: kind of no one really knows that about me that I'm like you know the butcher's daughter kind of thing so I thought i just throw that out there as a fun tidbit
1: I love that Okay, so let's get into other things.
0: Yes, let's do
1: it. Okay, so tell me about... I feel like you were really big into the creative collages. hmm Okay, so let's talk about that. Like, how did that project start? And tell us, like, even what it was and what inspired it. Okay,
0: so what inspired it would be... I was listening to... Um, back when Lindsay Mack was doing like the monthly medicine podcasts and like she would like really bring in these like really beautiful evocative teachings around like the turning of the wheel and I would just I would like see things in my mind like I'd be really inspired by the elements or some archetypes and so I started making collages for myself to start honoring you know the turning of the wheel and then started posting them they were usually around you know the shifting of a zodiac season or a special full moon and I, um, I've i never really told people this, but I layer things underneath images. There's usually some sigils. I adjust the filters. <laughs> so it's all digital, it's mostly digital. I'm in a really, really tiny space, like a one bedroom apartment. So there's not room for a lot of art supplies. So I can just have my little iPad with like this dinky little app and just have fun. And so I'll play with the filters and I'll use like. 44 or 88 like certain numbers to kind of evoke certain things too so there's a little mysticism there and then I um I thought it would be more fun to collage like people in real life than just random images from like Pixabay and like royalty-free sites so on 11 11 of last year during that Lionsgate portal do you remember that? Yes! I put out a story in Instagram and said, hey, instead of me using images of just, you know, stock images, like free images, would anybody be willing to give me permission to your feed so that I can, like, collage, like, real people and using, like, images that have more energy behind it because they're, like, yours, the community, and I had so many people say yes. And so I was calling it the Two of Cups Project. And if you go back in my feed, you'll probably recognize about 26 community members, um, their faces layered with images from their feeds. And what's really interesting is so many people will say, I feel really seen, just when I make those collages, but I think part of the magic is I'm layering their own images. So it's coming across as something new, but still has textures and colors that, I don't know, that's part of their like aesthetic, I guess. But behind an aesthetic, there's something else that's deeper. And so I think that kind of rises to the surface
1: Ooh. in like a tangible way. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Okay, so what did you get out of the project? Because the Two of Cups, it's yes. like you're meeting somebody else in this way.
0: But, like, then
1: it's like you're seeing something within their images about yourself.
0: Exactly. And I feel like the Two of Cups is, like, a sacred presence. Like, we're putting away the distractions, you know, putting down the technology, pulling off to the side of the road, just really being fully present with someone. And I feel like I was being present, going into their feed, like, really kind of, like, taking my time and finding the images that I wanted to use. And then I would find text, like, their own words – to um be like a quote to go with it. So I feel like there was some like presence there. But then by putting out the art, I feel like I also got to be seen. I got to be seen as an artist, as somebody who um, is wanting to give back to community, as somebody who is like whimsical. I feel like my Leo Moon comes through in my collage project because they're usually really bold colors. So I feel like I got to be seen too. So it's like a. It ended up being a really nice mutual energy exchange, and so yeah. I
1: okay, loved it. so I want to talk about your Leo Moon because my dad is a Leo Moon, but he's like the most quiet human alive.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> well, I think. I mean, I
1: have. So.
0: I'm ha- kind of like on that. Hmm. The, I'm on that cusp of introverted extroverted. You know, every time I take the Myers Briggs, it's either like E It's like usually like. Forty-eight percent to like fifty-two percent. Mm. So I do think we maybe are a little bit more reserved than like maybe meme culture makes us. You know the uh-huh. Leo side. Um, but mine's in, the, mine's in the eighth house, so I feel like Ooh. i mean, yeah, a
1: little bit more of a um,
0: more of a sunny, solar, colorful witch, maybe in some ways. But that Leo likes you know likes to play, is a little bit more whimsical, likes warmer. You know like what. Warmth,
1: you know, you think of that noonday sun like
0: warming everything up, so I think maybe that's part of why I love color so much. You're a queen of wands, a queen
1: of wands, yes. Oh, thank you, right? I'll, I'll put that on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, how did you or have you always been like very naturally inclined to like occult and like Scorpio ideas and magic? In mysticism, well,
0: yes and no, and I think you probably hear this a lot from people where, like when we look back, it's has there. <laughs> uh-huh. But when we finally like maybe start being more vocal or like really putting language to it and identifying with it, I read like when I was little, just such an avid reader, like reading everything I could get my hands on. I remember in elementary school reading a book called The Girl with the Silver Eyes.
1: Ooh, and tell me had, more. Um,
0: is it telekinesis where you can move things with your mind? Yes. So she could do that, and she could talk to her cat. And so I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm sensitive. I bet I could do that. Like it just <laughs> didn't occur to me that maybe <laughs> I couldn't. It just felt like you, you just make a decision." <laughs> I love so that. I never ta- I never talked to the cat. I never moved a single pencil. I never moved a single object. But. I always believe that the possibility was there. Like I believe, I always believe that there's like stuff people can tap into, and that there's so many people with different gifts and abilities and just like things in the ether. Um, I think maybe I cast maybe one of my first spells again, not knowing it, back when I was little. Uh,
1: what was it? I that? don't know. Like
0: I don't know if we're the same generation or not. I'm I'm probably quite a bit older, but there was a time during my youth where it was like stranger danger was everywhere. Totally everywhere like Uh you go to school you're constantly being lectured about it and with my overactive imagination I thought oh my god I need to protect I need to protect my my brother my sister and me and I need to be able to communicate with my family if something happens so I very deliberately went to the garage and found like the perfect nail like I went through all these old labels and found the one that seemed the most appropriate.
1: <laughs> and how does one decide what is like right?
0: You use your intuition. <laughs> and then
1: uh-huh. we went to the house and I like, was
0: whispering things. I don't know where this came from. <laughs> whispering things went in a certain direction. And I, I knew that I needed to do it in nine places or seven places. I don't know. Like This was really long ago. I was really young. I carved the word help. In like some places <laughs> in our home, in the woodwork, a banister, a door, a dining room table, my uh, bedroom dresser—like I was in so much trouble. <laughs> yeah,
1: your parents were probably freaking out. I was
0: in so much trouble, but I wrote the word the word help, meaning like if something were to happen to us, that they would know that I. um didn't leave on my own or that my brother and sister didn't leave on our own, but that we needed help and that there'd be more clues to follow.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. It's so brilliant. I love it. So it's kind of like, those are some
0: of those stories I don't usually tell, but it's like looking back, like I felt like I was somehow doing some sort of protection, like going around in certain number of places, doing this thing, thinking that it was going to create some sort of barrier, but if it didn't work, because I really didn't know what I was doing, then it would say, help, everywhere. And people would follow the clues.
1: Oh, my God. You're a genius. (laughs) I love that story. That might be the best story ever told on this podcast.
0: thank you for making me feel safe and comfortable to share that story so yeah so
1: oh my god that's wonderful so Um, you know mm -hmm, I didn't know
0: anything about tarot growing up you know all I all I knew was from the movies and from tv you know like the fortune teller and the psychic and just Mm -hmm. like all those tropes that we see play out over and over again so yeah I didn't I didn't really have access to that I grew up in a really small farming community town like a population of 2,000 people we didn't have you know shops down the street you know I spent a lot of time at my local library like that's where I hung out
1: oh I loved the library when I was little I
0: did. no I did too I, I love it like I have so many fond memories of that you know, that's where I went in a small town I walked to the library in the summertime or you know when I wasn't working and So, yeah, so tarot and all of this, like, didn't come until later, but I think always being an avid reader and gobbling everything up, I was, you know, that is
1: reading. Totally. It's
0: reading, you know, literature and poetry and all those stories, I think, was priming me to be a reader because it is the human experience in all those pages.
1: Yes. It's just, you know,
0: now they're on cards.
1: Okay, so have you always considered yourself an artist or was that something you like kind of grew into? So
0: I never like, I haven't really called myself that much, but you know, it was one of my favorite classes in school. I loved being, I loved going to school, kind of nerdy like that. Like, I loved the learning and I loved, you know, my classes, that art was always one of my favorites. And I developed that a lot in my high school years and even got like a really small art scholarship to go to a small uh, mountain college and was, you know, kind of pursuing art a little bit there. And I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. And, you know, you start comparing yourself to other people. You're just so like young and vulnerable then I think. And it's like, how am I supposed to make money with this? And I don't know what I'm doing. So I switched out of that and then, um, fast forward, um, I was a public school teacher for a long time and then I started like, missing that creative part of like actually using my hands and creating things. So I would take art classes in the summer, you know, like look through local community colleges and stuff like figure drawing was a blast. I loved
1: that. Oh, I love so that. Much. That is so fun.
0: Mm-hmm. So I've always, you know, I have, um, I have a lot of activity in my fifth house of creativity and, um, yeah, I think I, I just always, I feel like I have to either be soaking up the arts or making art somehow. It needs to be, it needs to be present or else I start to feel more husk-like, if that makes sense, like a shell. There's
1: something with, like, making something with your hands, too.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've always worked, like, really kind of, like, quickly and rapidly. Like, I was never someone who wanted to do photorealism. Like, it never interested me to try to make I mean, I think it's amazing that people have those skills. Like, my goodness. But I never wanted to, like, make the still life look exactly like the still life. I was always want to,
1: like,
0: break the rules and do my own thing.
1: Yes. Much more
0: modern or expressionism. And, like, if I can, like, really use my hands and get messy, that's that's the good stuff. Because that's when my brain starts to get quiet is, like, like, that creative flow like that monkey brain starts to get a little quieter and I can just enter a different state and it feels good. It feels delicious in that spot.
1: Do you feel like you're channeling? Because it sounds very like Leo in the eighth house, like you're channeling mm-hmm. I, this creative I do, energy.
0: I do actually feel like I'm channeling sometimes, because um, things will just happen. I won't even know why I selected certain images, why I decided to layer them in a certain way. Like, looking back like, things will just click in this way and I'll be drawn to certain things that seem to be outside of me quite a bit. So I, I do feel like there is some channeling there. Um and I get whispers and just I, yeah, it's it feels great.
1: Ooh I love that. Okay, I had a question from before. What is the app that you use for is, your class? Yeah it's
0: called um it's called brushes. Okay. Cool. It's, old i mean i'm sure people still have it but i don't know how to use you know photoshop and like all that stuff is really popular i don't know how to use any of that i've never been trained to do any collaging thing and just years ago download downloaded this particular app because i wanted to just draw and doodle on it and found out that you can layer images but here's the thing you can only layer like three or four layers and then i have to save the image send it to my photos put it back into the app and then keep relaying.
1: And that's right. fine.
0: Like, it works for me.
1: You're but... giving us so many shortcuts.
0: <laughs> but printing it, i found, is a problem because I don't know anything about pixels and blah, blah, blah. I'm just, I'm just creating, right? I'm just following the birds on. So then I go to print them, and they have to be printed pretty small, like 8 by 10 or 5 by 7 Otherwise, they're really pretty blurry because I'm just fucking with the images. I keep making things big and small and just layering, 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 and then... I don't know PSI what's that pixels
1: I don't know (laughs) well if you ever want help with that I feel like I've messed around with that because I started like dabbling with photography and then having to like send people images and when they blow them up you have to like change it so if you have like a mac it's super easy I mean that's all I know how to do it on but right if you ever want help let me know
0: I will let you know because I've been having people asking if I'm going to make an oracle deck with uh, coffee ground art. Oh
1: yes! Art. I
0: love that idea, and so I really want to follow that idea. I just need to figure out because I'm assuming that will really matter, like resolutions and things like that. So,
1: okay, so tell tell me I'm more about the, on the door. yes, totally. <laughs> I, we'll figure it out together. Yes. I mean, it's not like I'm an expert, but. <laughs> okay so coffee ground art Mm -hmm. tell me more this is like tea reading but with coffee first i feel like i'm doing all the talking
0: i'm going to show you one and you're going to tell me what you see are you oh
1: yes okay let's see
0: and maybe you won't see anything because i don't know if this is going to show up for you but
1: okay oh my god it looks like trees it looks like totally like a mountain range that's so beautiful and then this little like portal at the top right
0: you love seeing the portals i see so many
1: portals. i too. love the portals and it looks like three trees okay so i got three of wands this morning mm-hmm. so it almost feels like exiting you're coming out the other side of a portal i love and then, do, I don't know, do you see anything if we turn it upside down? Oh, it looks like lightning. With, like, two people. It looks like a little person, like, holding something up. And then, like, a person holding somebody's hand, like a little kid. I see that, too,
0: like a more maternal or paternal thing, yes. holding, like, a little one's hand.
1: And then some somebody, like, offering something to the two of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like a flame.
0: Do you see... I see this, like, hand thing up here, like, coming down, too.
1: It looks to me more like lightning.
0: Yeah, I see that, too. But I also almost see, like, a... You know, the ace
1: of war? Like, all the Ooh, ace cards Oh, yes. With the hand. I almost
0: see, like, a spirit hand coming like down Like,
1: a little fist? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So oh, my God. How did you start doing this? So...
0: Okay, here's the 411. I'll go ahead and spill all the news.
1: (laughs) Spill (laughs) it all. (laughs)
0: Because people keep asking in my DMs. They're like, what kind of coffee do you use? What's your process? So we are Team French Press, all the way. French Press makes delicious, delicious coffee.
1: It does
0: oh so beautiful it's a like a we like a dark Sumatran blend
1: There's oh my god yes I just bought like right before this I bought this really dark roasted blend like for some reason we've been like switching up our coffee usually I go witch's brew that's Uh the name of it but but my husband was like I want something with less acidity and I'm like (laughs) okay honey bunny (laughs) so we had to get so i bought like a french roast and it was the last one and i'm so excited to use it Mm -hmm. okay so go on so i think like that
0: dark thicker Mm -hmm. coffee and then um we have a grocery store down the street where they sell dodds bog Sumatran coffee oh my god
1: i love that coffee yeah it's expensive
0: it's expensive for us, so we wait for it to go on sale, and they usually uh-huh. mark it down from like eleven ninety nine to $6.99 or something, a bag, and so we just grab a bunch
1: of them. I love when that. When I was in Denver, we had like their Snickerdoodle blend, and it like legit tasted like a Snickerdoodle cookie, and we could never find it again, and like it just disappeared, but When we were in the mountains there, it was there at this little grocery store and it was like just pure happiness in this little pot of coffee.
0: (laughs) Coffee is pure happiness.
1: Yum. It is. I love it. So
0: um, my partner and I, we like to have coffee sometimes out when we have like a teeny tiny little balcony outside our apartment and so we were having coffee one day together and all of a sudden, he looked at the bottom of his cup. He said, "Just yes, look, you'll love this. It looks like three witches around a cauldron. And oh. So
1: I peeked into the bottom.
0: Does he know me or what? So I peeked into the bottom. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're totally right. It was just so, like, there. So I, of course, wanted to see what was in, what was in my cup, too. <laughs> and, and it started from there where we, we look every day, and I take pictures. And at first, I was, like, very much a purist where – uh, I wouldn't, like, really mess with the cup. And now, okay, just full disclosure again, now sometimes I'm, like, banging on the side of it, like, blowing in it, like, trying to get the <laughs> the coffee to go a certain direction. And I'll, like, tilt it. And so now I'm just kind of having fun with it, too. But it's, like, part of a whole ritual. I love that um, we have all the elements involved when we make coffee, you know, especially with the press. I heat I yeah, the right. water in a kettle first, so I have fire. Uh-huh. when it what makes the whistle sound we have air the steam I think of as being air water you know mingling um we have the water of obviously you know to make the coffee but also my saliva gets mingled in there um coffee is earth what are we missing no that's all
1: of it so it's all of it and oh my then God. I
0: sometimes like invite spirit in by lighting a candle or like whispering a little something in it before stirring it just to see if Spirit wants to play too, and so it's, yeah, it's really fun, it, um, it nourishes my inner child because I, I get to play and look, it's not, I don't, I'm not trained in how to do like tassiography and how to like officially read tea leaves or coffee grounds, like I know there's a whole lineage in that, and there's a whole process, and I'm sure it's very rigorous to learn, I just do it as like art interpretation, more like an oracle card, um, like an inkblot almost, just to
1: see what comes forward. I love that. Oh, my God. If you ever have, like, an astrological question, you could, like, do one and then look at it, like, in the wheel. Like, if you, in your mind, like, divide it into a wheel. And then, like, whatever is in that house, like, whatever you see in certain houses could like oh,
0: you're so speaking my love language right now I'm going to do that tomorrow <laughs> and
1: send it to you. Yes. <laughs> Mercury is direct so it's a great idea
0: <laughs> I love that, that idea and then it's like it's like the whimsy plus like um like that studious kind of uh-huh. you know astro lens and I love that idea pick a house
1: for me right now um the eighth house of course
0: Do we
1: see anything in the 8th house? So the 8th house would be... Yeah, that's the God's hand. Exactly! Oh my God! Uh, Wow. Oh my God, you're Leo Moon. Because it's like the fire and the Ace of Wands is like so Leo. Uh Uh-huh. That cup is like your soul.
0: Well, and I do see a lot of fire energy, and we about to go into Sagittarius too. True. So.
1: Okay, so what are your sun and rising signs?
0: Okay, do you want me to just tell you, or do you want to play guessy guess?
1: Oh, I'll guess. Okay, so your sun sign is. Are you a Sag?
0: No, but I do have a lot of Sagittarius in my chart. So I'm an Aries sun on like the Pisces cusp.
1: Oh, okay. You're the and other then, fire sign.
0: Mm-hmm, and then the Leo moon. And then for a long time, I thought I was a Sagittarius rising because my mom was always like, oh yeah, you were born at, two, you know, 2.30, 2.30, da, da, da. Well, it turns out I was born at 2.44. Ooh. And as you know, those 14 minutes make a difference. So I'm actually a Capricorn rising
1: oh capricorn rising so do you feel very capricorn
0: you know it was kind of a newer discovery like i've been sitting with it for a while and at first i was like what but the more i dig into it i do i do see that especially with my life path number being four i do see like this call for more structure and having started a small business over the summer you know to start um working with clients, you know, more regularly and things like that, I do see some of that Capricorn rising. Um, I guess using IGTV and YouTube now is a little bit more of a platform, it's probably a little bit more Cap rising. Um, I love that Jeff Hinshaw, like, brought in the unicorn for for Capricorn. Like, that I, identify Ooh, I love that. Or, or We're or always calling attention to the fish bottom, because I feel like that gets really lost mm-hmm. in, you know, a lot of the – the representations and because I do have
1: a very much of a fishy bottom, like I really
0: identify a lot with the page of cups, you know. Speaking
1: to that, oh my cup. god, I uh pulled that for our combo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I also pulled action, which I kind of felt like taking action on your intuitions, yeah,
0: Yo, yes,
1: which feels very Capricorn, doesn't it? it? Does
0: because I can get lost those waters for so long and I can dream up all the things and swim 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 and just I have such an inner like a rich inner landscape and I enjoy spending time there but I have to like I don't love structure but structure is good for me because then it helps me put things into action and to actually do the things so there is a call there to rise to that so I do see that I see my need for
1: it I love that. Or do you think it's very easy for you to take action on your intuitions, or do you like? Is it like a tangible? Like I need to create this structure, so I do it.
0: So it's easy for me to um, start things and to like follow my intuition. It's harder for me to um, finish things.
1: And oh my god, hard me hard. too. That's all the cardinal energy, I it's think. All, it's all that cardinal energy, like Oh you my know, god, so. I just have to make it very short projects.
0: Mhm. And I'll do it for other people, like um, you know, I work very hard. I'll uh, again when I was teaching, I was working like 70, 80 hours a week, and I had to finish all the projects. I had to do that. I think so many people were counting on me, like kids were counting on me, so I had to grade all the essays, and I had to finish the things, but I won't always necessarily, and you know, I'll finish them for other people because that matters to me, like, my word matters to me a lot, work ethic matters to me a lot, that's probably a lot of Capricorn rising, mm-hmm. that's also, like, just drilled into me as a kid, like, we all worked hard, we all contributed, uh, got a job when I was 12, you know, it's always work, 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 so, like, there is that Capricorn, but for me, like, some of my stuff, it's like, eh.
1: Totally. <laughs> I get
0: lost in, like, a time thing where it's like, I'll just, I don't know, I get real out in the waters.
1: So what's it been yeah. like building this intuitive business? What's that? What's it been like building this intuitive business?
0: Well, in some ways I did it all wrong. Let me tell you about that. So.
1: <laughs> yes, I want to hear.
0: <laughs> I, of course, started it over the summer during Mercury Retrograde. Where, right? Most people I love don't that. don't have anything new. During the eclipses, the eclipse season. Oh, my God. You
1: were meant to. That's so cool.
0: And then I was like, how come nobody's taking any, uh, how come I'm not getting any bookings? Oh, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't.
1: <laughs> You're like, don't you guys know?
0: Don't you know? Isn't it just going to magically happen? I, I was joking around. Um, I, I, I don't know. It was like in a story or something, like three reasons why my My niece, my 10-year-old niece's plant watering business is more successful than my tarot business.
1: I love that. (laughs) And
0: I was like, reason number one, she told people. Yes. Number two, she was actually advertising. Like, she made these cute little flyers. She was going around knocking on the doors, handing out her little flyers.
1: That is so cute. Number three,
0: her business was called plant watering business. (laughs) Plant watering. Yes. Everybody knows what that is. I, of course, love birds. My business is Golden Finch Rituary, which no one knows how to spell (laughs) or pronounce or knows what the heck that is.
1: Okay, so tell us all what it is so we know. (laughs) I love Um, finches, too. Oh, my gosh. Like the bird, right? What's that? Like the bird.
0: Okay, yes. So, Golden Finch. It's... It's spelled pretty much like it sounds. There's a Y instead of an E because when I joined Instagram and you need a handle, like I was brand new, I'm like an Instagram baby. It's only, it hasn't even been two years. I knew I wanted to do goldfinch and I'll tell you why, but it was used. So I was like, okay, then I'll do goldenfinch. Well, that was all used up. I was like, okay. Then I'll just like mess around with the spelling until something works. So that's why it's goldenfinch with a Y. Like I had people think it was goldie and finch.
1: Uh-huh. I can see that.
0: The spelling, like the Y me, which is kind of cute and works, but so why goldfinch is for me? Birds are messengers from spirit.
1: Yes. Oh, Amen.
0: <laughs> I oftentimes call intuition bird song, like following the bird song. So uh, there's that not to that?
1: I love that.
0: Uh, I was talking about how, like, my, my family and both my maternal and paternal side, there's a lot of um, Amish and Mennonite, you know, Pennsylvania Dutch, which can be very, I don't know if this is true for all communities, but can be very austere. Like, for example, my Amish relatives, it's um, no, no buttons on the clothes, right? It's all hooks and eye. It's no mirrors because mm. that's considered too worldly. Um, no mirrors because, you know, that's vanity, blah, 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 blah. blah. So it's just very, like, simple um, and austere can just feel very, very um, kind of black and white. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, but if you look at like birth certificates mm-hmm. and you look at marriage certificates, there's this uh, style that Pennsylvania Dutch art comes through where it's so beautiful. It's like this gorgeous calligraphy with all these Ooh. whimsical animals, like unicorns and these beautiful goldfinch birds. They're called in um in German. And so I don't know if you've ever seen hex signs on barns. Like, they're really popular, like, on the East Coast where there's large Pennsylvania Dutch communities. They're called hex signs for, like, good luck and good wishes. And you'll oftentimes see these really stylized goldfinch birds.
1: Oh, my God. I love that. So it's kind of, like, I a nod that. to, like,
0: my family background. Like, these birds, these distal things, I'm probably mispronouncing it. Um, they're, like, a nod to good luck, to happiness, to joy, to, like, ebullence. Um, and I just love that, like that my relatives who so many of them are still practicing where it's kind of feels like a very, kind of very severe, austere kind of thing. There's also this whimsy and fantasy. Yes. You know, the fantastical in some of the arts.
1: That's so, so beautiful. That. Um,
0: can I tell you more about the goldfinch? Or oh my I God, no. Much?
1: Yes. Also, okay. did you read the goldfinch book? <laughs> oh, okay.
0: So you know how there's collective nouns for for birds like a a group of crows is a murder a group Mm. of loons is a lunacy a collective group of finches is a charm
1: oh my god wow now listen to
0: my mary oliver poem that i love
1: yes please
0: you know mary oliver
1: love mary oliver
0: love her So, she actually has a poem called Goldfinches. And I won't read the whole thing to you, but I just want to read part of it to you. So, again, you can
1: read the whole thing if you want.
0: They drop from the sky a buttery gold. They swing on the thistles. They gather the silvery down. They carry it in their finchy beaks to the edges of the field of the trees as though their minds were on fire with the flower of a perfect idea. And there they build their nests. And lay their pale blue eggs every year and every year the hatchlings wake in the swaying branches in the silver baskets and you know what they do they love the world
1: oh wow the fire of their minds will you say that again what was that
0: they fly to the trees as though their minds were on fire
1: with the flower of a perfect idea. Oh. oh my god. The flower of a perfect idea. And it is, Isn't that it? It like comes down in like a lightning strike and you get an idea and then it grows and it blooms and then you share it with somebody. It's like you don't yes. keep a flower. It's like you give it on. To somebody else, and I also love that
0: the hatchlings wake every year. There's this idea, of like every year, every year, like kind of like spring. Like we lose our inspiration sometimes. Sometimes we close ourselves off and we numb out, or you know what have you. But it will come back. You know, there's that yes. feathery thing. That image of the bird that then takes me to Emily Dickinson. Hope is a feathery thing. Like hope purchased forever in the soul, singing a tune. So, so there's a lot there for me with the goldfinch. So,
1: wow. Did you read the Goldfinch book? The book, The Goldfinch?
0: I did read that. So by Donna Tartt. Have you yes. Read
1: that? I loved that book.
0: So there's more fun then. Let's okay. Tell part. me. Yes. <laughs> so the painting that, you know, the, the, Ooh, spoiler alerts. No, it happens in like the first five pages. It's right? fine. If
1: people do. didn't That's read fine.
0: it. <laughs> the painting that the kid steals from the museum. Um, is based on a real life painting. So that painting is like from 1654, from I don't know how to pronounce his name, Favoritus or something like that. And it was really popular back then to like paint paintings where people look, look kind of depressed and can just like just are too cool to give a shit. So there's like all this melancholy and the goldfinch is chained. So the goldfinch is chained to a perch. And oh. so. Right. So then there's like, you can kind of play with the idea. Like we do chain our intuition. Sometimes we do put it up on a shelf or we, you know, we do awful things to creatures or whatever. So then there's the idea of, well, where's the key to unlock that chain to set that bird free, to set our bird song free. Um, How do we get out of this melancholy? And so there's some, I don't know. I think there's some juiciness there too.
1: It makes me really think about like melancholy, as it really does like kill your creativity uh-huh. like I when I'm depressed I never want to draw or uh-huh. create anything uh-huh. it's like the complete opposite of life it's like right, exactly oh my gosh you're so right ah wow and you know and
0: you know, I don't know back to Mary Oliver you know that famous line of hers you know what are you going to do with this one wild and precious life like we don't Creativity often does get me out of my melancholy. So sometimes when I'm in that space or depressed or in a funk, like just forcing myself to create will help.
1: And that's that like structure because we can't always, Uh it's like if you always just rely on your inspiration, it might not always Uh be there. But if you like sit down, Uh it's like setting the stage where for it to like come in.
0: Yeah, like every day looking in my coffee cup, like even if I'm not feeling it, like it just it reminds me that there could be enchantment, right? That there could be something there and just, you know, going having that structure, like those rituals in place, I think really help.
1: Oh, that is so cool. Well,
0: thank you for being interested. I just geeked out on Golden Finch for like 10 minutes.
1: Oh my God, I love it. I got like a and bird. That- I got a bird tattoo. I'll show you. It's like. Looks very, you can kind of see it. It looks very oh gosh, stunning, finchy. It's got like the very buttery, rich. the buttery belly. Oh. Um, okay, so for the people
0: who are listening
1: and they can't see it, want don't you describe it? So yes, so it's a yellow bellied warbler. <laughs> if we want to geek out a little yeah. bit. And I got it when. I was running a lot, and I kept getting all of these, like, Audubon messages. Like, you know, all the birds from the Audubon. Um, mm-hmm. And there were all these, like, amazing drawings and um, paintings that I think the guy's name was Audubon. Like, his last oh. name. Is that right? Do you, know um, do you know what I'm talking about? The Audubon book? Okay. So my parents had gotten one of the books from their wedding gift and I kept looking through it and then all of like these signs just kept happening like I would be on a run and then I would hit like Audubon Street. And then I would be on a run and all of these birds would just like flock to me. Like I was in some fucking fairy tale. (laughs) And then I would be on a run and there would be these like little wooden houses that would like showcase different parts of the Audubon book. So, and it's like things that are just so I don't know just the synchronicities around the birds and my grandma had passed and she was a Taurus and I just felt like there's something in these like birds are messengers and it just felt like this like breadcrumb trail of in this like I totally relate like just thinking of that um that painting that you were describing where the bird was chained and it was kind of like me trying to unchain myself it was like all of these little breadcrumbs that were kind of leading me out of my own emotional um demise even you know Mm-hmm. and
0: now you have the songbird like permanently like seeping into your skin. That's yes,
1: incredible. he's my buddy. I <laughs> yes. love it. Oh yeah, so I love birds. I think they're so beautiful. They are so
0: beautiful. Mm. Well, then there's the language of birds. You know, which is like a nod to like I guess it's like the green language. You know of, list like hearing voices. Um, the author of Initiation, Pam, is it Pam Grossman?
1: Ooh, I love Pam Grossman.
0: She did, or actually I don't, they, I don't know her, um, uh, did a, an exhibit I was reading like years ago called The Language of Birds and like was featuring a lot of like occult paintings and artworks and this whole exhibitor thing and I think it was titled Language of Birds and I remember peeking out and I saw that. I was
1: like, yes, because birds are messengers. Yes. <laughs> Totally and they communicate with each other and I also feel Uh like it always reminds me of like the third house with like Uh communicating in Gemini because Uh I feel like there's never really just one bird Uh it's like they come in pairs or they're in this community they fly together in this flock or the charm which I love now I love knowing that and I feel like they're all like that. I it comes to mind that saying like we're all just walking each other home. Mm. It's like they're bringing you this gift, and then you give it to somebody else, and it's like the message never dies, no matter who's carrying it. And it's, that's
0: beautiful.
1: Uh, that's it's, bird song, right? Yes. Ah, I love this. I'm so inspired. (laughs) Okay, so what are you calling your readings? What was it? What was the last?
0: (laughs) Oh, so my business name. So if you were to actually go to my website, which... um... You know, people are figuring out how to spell it out. If you were to, like, pull up the homepage, it would say Golden Finch Rituary. So when I do, like, I do monthly events around, like, Mm -hmm. the the Astro season. So Rituary, again, I love words so much. So there's a play on ritual, sanctuary, estuary, and tributary, right, where water is coming together to source. It's supposed to be, like, a sacred space, a sanctuary, like a ritual time, time that's set aside, so I have this thing for words that is not very marketable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like if I do this thing, I want to do this thing as me as possible.
1: And yes.
0: If riffing with words is me, then I'll just explain what it means and the people who are feeling connected will follow all of those threads with me, I guess.
1: Totally. Yeah, nobody and, and cares. And, and, and. Like, not that nobody cares, but... <laughs> Everybody well, you
0: know, cares. People are saying, well, Jess, you know your your SCO is going to take longer to to catch up because you know people will hear it that you're golden finch, but they won't notice spell it with a Y, so they won't find you and they'll give up, or you know what have you? And it's like, well,
1: it's like you're nagging them a little bit. It's like you know, they have to work for it.
0: You know, I, I do like an element of mystery, in so which again, in business land. People don't want mystery people, you know, I think so much, we're so used to like looking at the review. We want to read all the reviews before we go do the thing or before we eat the thing, we want to know exactly what we're getting, exactly what we're buying, exactly how we're going to use our time. And as, you know, as somebody who buys things, I get that. Like you want to make sure your, your investment is going to be worth it. But it also takes away the fun. Like how many of us go on vacation and we've already seen that beautiful place in like 20 different images we've read 20 different blogs we've read everyone else's experience
1: it really sucks the magic right out of it <laughs> it
0: takes all the magic so if you go to my website it, it feels a little bit more mysterious because i was like there should still be some whimsy and mystery and i guess i need to be rethinking that probably as i move into more of like not just being a creator and an intuitive but being like a small business owner i need to you know meet my clients in terms of what they need and if they're needing more descriptions and more you know what what they're going to get I'm here to serve so I I can do that but I do love the idea of mystery and magic because we don't have a lot of enchantment left in our world it feels like
1: totally and you can just direct them to this podcast episode and they can get a full 20 minute description here
0: you go you can hear (laughs) too much
1: (laughs) so what kind of offerings are you doing
0: so I'm doing um, tarot readings where I, I call the, I say that I'm doing like um, astrology infused tarot readings because I'm not mm-hmm. an astrologer I don't know how to read the like the entire tapestry There's so much there like we could spend an entire lifetime with it right But I am a student of it and I find that weaving astrology and tarot together is beautiful It like amplifies both tools I think. So I say that I pull on threads. So based on the inquiry, I kind of know, I'll look at the chart, and kind of know which strands to start pulling on from the chart to start weaving into the reading. So they're like astrology infused uh, tarot readings. And then I also do tarot mentoring. So I can be using mm. my teaching background. I just met with somebody yesterday. We had like a one hour appointment and they asked if we could go for two hours because we were having so much fun. I love um, And I get to couple my passion with you know tarot along with my passion for teaching so it's a really nice dovetail there so readings or mentoring I also do workshops like I had a, a friend invite 11 of their friends over to their house and then I did like a workshop and then private like just really quick like two card readings for everybody we have last so I also do workshops and then maybe someday I'll have you know some oracle art that I can
1: Yes, together.
0: but in the meanwhile, I don't. Do you know what uh, Redbubble is? It's like that print-on-demand shop. No. So it's kind of like um, Society6 or something where artists can upload their work, and then people go in and find work. So I do have like my witchy grounds, like my cup art, through an online shop called Redbubble. And you can get scarves and clocks and travel mugs and pencil bags, like all kinds of random things. And then I get a cut. So if somebody goes in and buys a t shirt with my coffee cup art on it, you know, I get like 15% or something. But they do all the printing and the selling and the sending and everything. So
1: I have love that. that. <laughs>
0: They're inside. Just to be real, I've sold like one thing from that shop. That's fine. I mean, and I was so excited when I did and I got my $1.88 88 in it.
1: <laughs> the real life of an artist. I feel that so hard. But, but, like,
0: but somebody who, because I don't really promote it. I don't really promote that it's out there right. or anything like that. It's just so that it can be until I figure out how to do, like, have it be more like my, I guess, my product that I make. I don't know.
1: Promoting yourself is so hard.
0: But I think it'd be great for Christmas gifts because they're so unique, like they're so one of a kind. To have like these yes, fantastical coffee ground. It's just very different. There's none of them are the same, and I think the wall clocks are pretty cool. I might I might treat myself to one.
1: Oh my god, that sounds amazing! Oh, that would be such a cool idea. And then whenever uh, you look at the clock, you could get a message. Depending on where the land is. Yes. <not true. laughs>
0: It's already broken up into
1: 12. Uh-huh. Yes. That's
0: brilliant.
1: Wow. I need one.
0: Mm-hmm. So my, my sister has, you know, she's ordered a few, and they look really pretty in her living room. Like they're really pretty printed and matted and framed. And I was thinking maybe some coffee shops would want to sell some of the coffee art. Oh, my God. My yes. Oracle deck. So maybe some more will come from that, but I have to figure some things out first.
1: So, what has kind of like spurred your growth in doing this business? Because I feel like you're really just doing like the collages, mm-hmm. and now I feel like I see your beautiful face all of the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you.
1: Like doing these messages that are so amazing. So, like, what thank kind you. of like spurred that growth?
0: So. I was I guess there's a little backstory. so I went into the classroom so I was a public school teacher teaching eighth and ninth graders for about 10 or so years and that was really sacred work for me for a really long time because I have a like a long infertility journey and that was how I um, used like my womb space my womb energy was to go into the classroom and to like nurture and to create from that space in that setting and that really fed me for a long time until it didn't like I, I miss the kids terribly I miss uh, teaching terribly but the pendulum I feel like has swung a lot in public education where teachers were losing so much of their autonomy you know we would have people wanting like everything to be locked up, like coming in timing you like you should only do this for three minutes, you know, taking away so much of your autonomy and your voice and your creativity and like wanting us to be robots for higher test scores. And I mean, the whole thing, I could could talk about it for hours. And for a lot of years, I just did it anyway, because I loved it so much. I kept working the 80 hours and kept doing the thing until, so in the spring, I joined the picket line. So my districts, um, we went on strike for um, teacher pay and, just to kind of, like, uh, put a spotlight on, you know, on the issues, and that was a really hard decision for me to make to decide if I was going to join the picket line or not, because in 10 years of teaching, I only missed two days of school.
1: Wow. That is Capricorn rising. And and I'm a migrainer, like, I,
0: (laughs) you know, I Uh just would go, and I worked in a school where, like, 98% of the students are on free and reduced lunch, or, you know, Um, many of the families are living at or below poverty. Many of my students are going to be first generation, you know, high school graduates, you know, wanting to close the achievement gap is very much like really soul centered, important work. And to be on strike, like picketing in front of my school, asking for more money when so many of of the families are really struggling, just felt really shitty and yucky. But I also felt like I need to use my voice for, teachers. (laughs) And it, I just like doing that, the process of striking and chanting made me realize how angry I was about where things are in the state of education. And we're going to continue eating our teachers alive and expecting so much out of them, like more, it's not sustainable work. And we're going to continue demanding them to do unsustainable work unless we're not there.
1: Right. And then they so have this, to make a change. Yeah, so this
0: is the first. This is the first time I haven't reported back to a school in like forever. So now I have the time, right? So now I have the time to be um, doing the IGTVs and the YouTube and you know, put trying this and doing this, which is been scary. I have Chiron in the third house of communication. Like I'm used to communicating, like teaching, but being filmed, like having my voice be recorded. If you'd asked me to do this. Probably a year ago, I probably would have said no because recordings are so permanent. Um, But, like, having really kind of getting out of my comfort zone has really helped me, I think, grow. And I'm also noticing by being recording, I'll sometimes say things that I didn't know I was going to say or I didn't know I was feeling. So I'm learning a lot about myself just from from being recorded, like, through something like this, or, like, doing my ITTVs, because I don't know how to edit and, like, cut things out. So it's like, all right, well, there it is.
1: (laughs) So it feels so much like this whole bird journey, because, like, using your voice Mm -hmm. and, like, communicating and standing up for what you believe in. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So I feel like this is, like, started way before even the manifestation of yes. your business.
0: Yeah, for a long time, you know, when I was still in the classroom, I kept pulling the eight of cups.
1: Um, mm, I had that when my business changed.
0: And especially when I kept thinking, like, these eight cups are, they're so, like, they're gold, and they're stacked so nicely and neatly. If we're talking about, like, the Smith Rider weight, they're stacked so nicely and neatly, and I have, like, I worked really hard for that. I went to school to be an educator, I put like everything into it, like at the expense of a lot. Um, why would I walk away from that? You know, so it was a really, really hard decision, and so I had to really honor those eight cups and honor how it fed me and healed me and inspired me and what I gave to it and all of that. But then I needed to follow. Yeah, I needed to stand up for myself, and I needed to um,
1: to leave. Oh my God, extremely bittersweet. Extremely,
0: and I think that the Eight of Cups is like
1: ah, uh, that is such a hard card.
0: Such a hard card. It was there all the time. That in the Devil. That in the Devil. That in the Devil. <laughs> yes. You know, and I know we all have so many different interpretations of the Devil, and I have a lot of like really um like positive connotations around it too. But especially talking about Capricorn rising related to it, like you know, working so much, like I was really changed to that work in a lot of ways, and so I. Part of what, why you saw a lot of collages and things on Instagram was things were getting to the point where our creativity, in um, again, at least in my district, I don't know where it is in other things, like our creativity was being taken away from us because like you have to do this, you have to do this. So I needed to create art again and have an outlet because I wasn't being permitted. And this isn't about me, this is about everybody. Um, like I was getting really great marks as a teacher and lots of stuff, whatever, but it's just the nature of where education is so I had to have an outlet and so that's where you would see a lot of the collages or I would just only have time to do like a quick you know couple sentences about a couple tarot cards whatever and um, most of that was happening most of my tarot practice is happening offline and now I have more time to kind of share it online which has been interesting
1: and it totally makes me think about again the goldfinch chained and the devil like how similar those cards are right and then when you like free yourself from that it's like you're allowed to create again it's like you have new life out of this thing that was chaining you down
0: right and for years like i put all so much of my creativity into the classroom like that's where it, it was permitted to be it was permitted to flourish there i had we had so much autonomy for so many for so many years like writing our own curriculum and You know, being uh, really important decision makers and being, yeah. And then, you know, it's all about testing right now.
1: And how beautiful it is that all of that is not lost, though, that you're Mm -hmm. still able to take it and bring it into this new medium.
0: Right. And I even make jokes about myself. Like, I'm talking about Venn diagrams and things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still, like, the nerdy teacher, but... I love that but it helps me and I used to think a lot when I was in the classroom I would I would use deck my decks to help me with what I would call my desk life like my teacher life and I would use my teacher life my desk life to help me with my deck life you know like I see like they again I I, somebody that sees like things I like to synthesize things together and I would see a lot of overlap where I would pull cards about like my students like we'd have yet another you know, really scary incident of being on lockdown, you know, with all the school shootings and all, you know, just stuff that was constantly happening, and, um, and sometimes I just check in with my cards, like, during a passing period, like, what kind of person, like, what are my kids needing, like, what archetype do my kids need right now
1: for me? Wow, that is so powerful. Oh my god, you're such a good person, I can't. <laughs>
0: to like, even thinking about things like, um, like the emperor, you know, how we're switching, we're trying to switch from it being like, um, an authoritarian card to more of like an authoritative card. Like it's okay for us to take up space to lead and to be empowered and to be, you know, thinking about like some of the imagery that Lindsay Mack rides, like the mountain and the big giant redwood tree, you know, you know, a lot of us are finding a lot of beauty in that card. Um in teaching like we have this thing called the warm demander like you don't want to be an authoritarian in your classroom but you also don't want to be like this laid back completely permissive where it's like five of wands and five of swords chaos in your classroom where nobody can communicate or get what they need because it's just messy you know you have to have structure and so like thinking warm demander warm being warm and authoritative not an authoritarian so that there can be structure and warmth and so like there's been so much like beautiful crossover where I feel like I can think about some of the cards a little bit differently for me having been a classroom teacher.
1: Wow. Okay. There's so many places I feel like I want (laughs) to go with this, but I really am interested with what you think about the fact that you have Chiron in the third house. Because I feel like that's so big with, everything that you're talking about like the fact that this feels like it comes so naturally you using your voice Mm -hmm. like where even is that wound so (laughs) show me your wounds
0: (laughs) so what's interesting is have you ever how do you run your chart do you use placidus or whole Sign? Or whole house.
1: I like Placidus.
0: So I do too. But recently, you know, I just played around to see what would happen if I ran it as a whole house. And that does shift my Chiron to the fourth house. Mm. And so that's just like a recent thing where I'm kind of thinking about that. Um, But for a long time, um, again, completely comfortable teaching 35 ninth graders in the classroom. Very confident. Very, very much in my flow, like communicative flow the second adults would come in with like their clipboards and their stopwatches and their pens and pencils i'm like bumping into things i'm stumbling i can't find my words as much so i think there's something about being observed because again filming and recording would make me very uncomfortable for a long time I can't tell you how many classes and courses I've signed up for that you know you can participate for the like the the live Zoom thing. I almost always opt in for the I just watch the replay.
1: Oh, me too. Right. Because then
0: <laughs> there's then some, here I am yeah. I to market like join me for my Sagittarius live <laughs> Zoom event. So I so I get it because sometimes we really need that container like to know that we have that time set aside and we're really going to show up and participate. Sometimes I get replays and, you know, you play them weeks later and then the extra weather is changed or who knows. But there's something about being recorded, something about permanence that would make me uncomfortable about recordings and filmings. I think that's where part of the wound is and maybe that's my Libra midheaven where I, so I try to be really thoughtful about, like, other people's perspectives and I don't want to be, like, saying something that's insensitive or, like, a big, huge, like put in the mouth and maybe because filming and recording is so permanent that it's there. Whereas if you're just talking with somebody in person, I can read their energy. Like, Oh, I'm so, you know, I can apologize or I can read them and mirror them and like better attuned to their needs to, um, maybe not screw up as much.
1: Wow. You are so thoughtful. Oh, thank you. I think that's so beautiful though, because I feel like you're thinking about how like words affect you because it's, like, people watching you and then commenting and telling – because it's so personal with, like, something so – such a creative act.
0: Exactly. And that's the thing is when it starts being perceived as not so much of a creative act, but, like, uh, um, just, like, dissecting into, like, little, like, robotic parts, then it doesn't feel as creative, and then I start to get really clamped up. So the very, very top of my chart, my midheaven is conjunct with Uranus – I I don't like to be told what to do and to like have (laughs) to put things like let me figure it out my own and you know so I think there is like some resistance to that but knowing that they were looking for a particular thing um would make me nervous
1: what is your third house in so it'd be Capricorn Aquarius is the second house and then Pisces so my
0: third house is um Pisces
1: Ooh, so also like because it's it feels like it's coming from the soul
0: see that's the other thing too is with education like i we got to a point where they wanted us to like put out our lesson plans like to like every like how long everything was going to be like i'm going to do this for three minutes and this for seven minutes like like almost like scripting but i have this mercury in pisces right i you speak from the heart that's hard. Like I, I will do that, but I also need room to like swim in my intuitive waters to like feed off the classroom energy, to feed off my students to see where they're at and to respond. So like talk about intuitive reading. I've been reading, like reading classrooms and kids for like years and like, you know, touching in and like, verbally but also just like constantly having to be aware of like people's affect if that makes sense totally like using some of those empathic skills especially um my my student population i don't know if you're familiar with ace scores adverse childhood experience scores no so like trauma scores um my students like the school that i worked in has some of the highest in the state so constantly having to like cast out to feel like are people being triggered like like they're you know always kind of having to and i think that's the other thing with wanting to be like being recorded like again like my situation i was like for eight hours a day or however long i was in the classroom like the only white person in the room so like always kind of being mindful of the fact that i'm coming from like a place of privilege and again i'm the authoritative figure and trying there's just so much like happening in my brain that i also need to be able to have that pisces to respond and sense Um,
1: that's that so big. Mention, but no, that's huge. Because it's, it's
0: just a lot of energy of it, having to filter through everything. And I think that's part of that Libra midheaven, too, is like trying to think of all the perspectives and getting out of my head and into the perspectives of my students. And so.
1: Oh, and I think that, like, that's what is like your gift of your intuition. It's like, it's really hard to be able. It's hard to like form a complete sentence when you're taking in all of that information because right. it's like you're thinking about all of the things that you need to respond to and then it makes you like hesitate like, okay, do I really want to say this? But right. then it makes you like such a gifted intuitive because you are doing all of that.
0: Uh-huh. I- and I could, like I said, I could usually maintain my flow of doing all that while teaching. But once, like, an authoritarian figure would come into the classroom, that's when then suddenly there's another filter I'm going through. Like, because I know what they're looking for and like wanting to hit the marks or just knowing that their presence is in there. So then suddenly I'm casting out, like, trying to read them to like kind of get a pulse on, like, am I hitting the mark or am I not? And so then suddenly I'm not in my flow as much. And so it just gets like, I don't know, it gets weird.
1: Totally. <laughs> I have no idea, but it, I don't I mean I can relate to what you're saying. I get yeah. it. So tell me, okay, we're gonna switch up gears. Yeah, so what is your favorite tarot card?
0: I don't have a favorite, but I have some that are really special to me. Um, like the page of cups is really special to me because I feel like it's like a nod to my creative mystical poetic self my inner child like it's like that nod like yeah keep nurturing that like keep going with that and it's okay to be in these dreamy dreamscapes because that is nourishing um the queen of cups is a really special card to me um you got all excited about that (laughs)
1: love the queen of cups
0: i i had a reading from somebody who um like gave me some information about a like a guide that they got information about for me and and shared with me that communicates know, cups is like a way that that particular guide can really communicate with me and I, and I see that and Ooh. I feel that it, it comes through for me in like really special ways um yeah so that card's really special to me lately I've been spending a lot of time with trying to spend more time with the cards that correspond to like the season that we're in. So I like I spent a lot of time with death and strength for Scorpio. Um, Cause I was thinking eight house themes, eight house themes took me to the strength card, which may, may not be a traditional way to like look at it, but like I wanted to follow that thread. And so I've had a lot of ahas
1: like going um, into the underworld. Cause it's like the first card of the death line. Is that yes. where you got it?
0: And plus, like, yeah, like, the lion itself, like, going into the belly of the beast and, like, excavating, um, you know, you can see that. And then I see the figures, too, like, in the death card, you know how you have the, um, what looks like maidens, like, some figures, and you have the, like, the adolescent one, like, with the head tilted away? Mm. That, that seems to be the figure in the in the strength card, if you look at it. Like, they're dressed the same. They're both friendly. Oh. They have
1: but now...
0: But now this figure is looking, is not shying away, is not looking away from death or what scares them. They're actually looking in the mouth of the the thing. And then on the, you know, on the kneeling on the ground in the death card, you see like the really little one wearing white with flowers in their hair. So it's like almost like the youngest version of the figure in the strength card, who's like the most open with like a, like a flower offering.
1: Wow.
0: In the Smith Rider weight, um, version like the the depiction is very different if Berlin like in a merseille deck or whatever so just by like using the idea of the eighth house and then drawing my attention to the strength card i like that's where i get really play- playful i like to follow things and like see how they map like mesh up and like what i can learn from it and i find it fascinating
1: it is oh my god you thought of that all yourself
0: I mean, maybe other people have. It's hard to, you know, I don't know. But yeah, that's what came up for me. Oh my
1: God, semester. you're a genius.
0: You know what I was thinking? I, I was thinking about just like the number eight. Like This is what came up for like during the rituary that I hosted through Zoom last month. I um, I spent like a long time looking at the number eight because I like to look at symbols. Like back to being a classroom teacher, we uh, part of the skill set is to be thinking of mnemonic devices, like symbols to like, help people unlock ideas, or you would look at a symbol and it would remind you of all those ideas, like having that mnemonic device. So if you look at the eight, you know, in the middle part gets really cinched, so that could be like the belt, right? And so that the rest is the underworld, below the surface. You know, Scorpio rolls the, the groin and the sexual organs and all that, all the below the surface, stuff, where the belt would be, or where it's cinched. You know, we go into a lot of contraction when we think about death. And so, or you can tilt to your side and you have x-ray goggles. I mean, there's just so much fun that you can have by um, playing with things. And I, again, that's, that's my page of cups side, right? I play. I, I, I permit myself to be playful. I don't have to be right, but I can unlock things and learn things by being playful. And so that's part of my, um, part of how I like study and, and learn the cards.
1: And looking at it in a different perspective is yes. so cool.
0: Right. because just like in the playing with the numerology, I'm sure lots of people have done this too, but, you know, we have the 13 on the death card like one plus three is four. So thinking about four and structure, like death is the structure of things. Death is the nature of things. These cycles are the nature of things. It is the structure.
1: And like, I love that and creating because I feel like the emperor is very like creating. Like even though yeah. like the empress, like you see her pregnant And Uh it feels like she, like, got that divine spark. But then it feels Uh like the Emperor is, like, bringing it into manifestation. Yeah. And it's like all things need to die. Uh And, like, being okay with those seasons and, like, being okay with just... I feel like the secret to great art is being okay with creating something and then just throwing it away and like not be not holding so tightly Mm -hmm. onto everything that you create and being like this needs to be great and
0: to create for creation itself
1: yeah, just to, totally, and then just, mm-hmm. like, it's just as beautiful when you create those shitty things that just need to go, like, yes. it's so, it's just such part of the process, and then also when we, like, evolve with our creation, like, create, like, the way that you transferred from, like, teaching to now being this, like, more of an intuitive guide, like, it's the same spark of creation, the thread, but the way that the death cycle has kind of, like, evolved it is so beautiful. Like, there's, like, this pain and this beauty that's, like, oh all...
0: which, which is the two of pentacles. I've had this huge aha about the two of Oh my of god,
1: pentacles. tell me more. Two so of pentacles. It's like, it's...
0: It, for me now, it's the brutal card, you know, like, B'nai Brown, like, life is beautiful and brutal, right? And one yes.
1: heartbeat,
0: we're on our knees in grief, the next heartbeat, we're, like, screaming from the rooftops, like, out of joy, right? Because, and so...
1: Yes! Yeah. And you get that, and it's, like, with the transitions, because that kind of, like, the water in the background...
0: Right. And so with the eight, like, I know this is an infinity loop, but again, I was meditating so much on eight. So I was like, right. looking through all my cards, where do I see something that reminds me of an eight? Well, this also reminds me of an eight, which takes me to Scorpio. Uh-huh.
1: So we have, he's
0: on land, Taurus. We have the Scorpio water. In
1: the right. Background.
0: If we think of the decans for Taurus, we have the two, three, and four of pentacles. So this is essentially like a card that does correspond with Taurus. And then the water and the eight here reminds me of Scorpio. So then we have like the death and the life here juggling the, the brutal and the beautiful.
1: It's so here. true. I got that card. I kept getting that all the time after my eight of cups moment when I knew that I had to like let go of these things in my business and I didn't know like what was going to come next. And it was, it was such a painful time, but it's, it's just so, like, exactly what you're saying. It's, Mm -hmm. it's brutal. It's beautiful. It is. And then he's wearing such a comical hat, like,
0: he's performing, so then it's like, I don't know, I just have had some, I think, again, being, like, in the classroom, like, I was juggling both what was beautiful and brutal of my profession And then when it started to not feel sustainable, it's like, how long can I keep performing that everything's fine when it's not?
1: It makes me think of, it makes me also think of like a comedian Uh where it's like the truth, but said in a funny way. But the truth is usually like this really intense Thing that we don't want to hear. So we have to kind of disguise it into this palatable oh, way. Yes. It's like. you. Thank you for just adding a layer to that. Like yes. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of like made to look. Like it's like they're they seem happy. But underneath it it's like comedians are some of the most depressed people you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like i don't know and yeah and
0: they're mm-hmm. and making fun of sometimes like the things that are really hard and scary
1: and uh-huh mm-hmm. Ooh. yes there's some good stuff there you've given me so much to think about <laughs> so what do you usually are you like a wheel of the year person do you do like mm-hmm. you do the things in the um for every month a card for every month uh-huh, uh-huh. What did you find? What was your center card, number one?
0: <laughs> so when I do the wheel, I use my I use my numerology to determine, like, what my thematic card is for the year. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Do you do, like, one in the center?
0: Yeah, so, like, the center card. But I determine for, like, when I think about the whole year, I determine what my personal card is using the numerology.
1: So then so. you, like, pick it. Just like going through the deck, and then Mm -hmm. you'll pick out that one for the
0: whole. Yeah, so for the whole year. So like, since we're like as a collective, we're in an empress hanging one year, right? Mm -hmm. So when I did the whole year for me using my numerology, I also was in an empress. It came up empress. Then I was like, okay, so then there's like double charged empress energy. I love
1: that.
0: So I like to use the numerology next year. I don't know if we're running out of time. But I'd love to hear your thoughts about no. next year's numerology because um, with the 2020
1: uh-huh. as the
0: collective, like there's so many different ways we can go with that in terms of what the cards will be. But personally, using my personal numerology, the center of my wheel will be um, the Emperor and some other friends because I'm gonna. It's gonna be a four year for me.
1: Yes, for me too.
0: So. We have
1: the I think no no not for like I mean just for the year I like agreed to that way too quickly because uh-huh. <laughs> because it sounded fabulous <laughs> but what am I gonna be well my birthday is January 2nd so it all kind of like turns over with uh-huh. the new year so I am going to be in for five six seven so I'm gonna be in a seven I'm gonna be in a chariot year which will be interesting. Really interesting. I've been in a devil year. Which, which I feel like I'm very excited to move on.
0: <laughs> well, a chariot move on. Get into your chariot
1: move Oh my on. god, you're so right. <laughs> I feel like I'm yeah. le- I'm leaving all of this behind me. So that's, but my birth card is the emperor. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of like growth that's going to happen. I'm turning 30 also.
0: So already it's a new decade.
1: It just feels like a big year.
0: I loved my 30s in terms of like knowing myself more than ever before.
1: I feel like it's going to be really great. It feels like I've I'm also in a progressed moon in Aries so it's like it feels like this completely new chapter that I'm starting which feels really good and I'm ending this year I pulled the ten of swords for December so it just feels like I've done so much healing this past year like this podcast has like completely transformed me I feel like a different human and I wonder if you would ever
0: do a solo episode to talk to us about that
1: oh my god I don't even know what I would say
0: <laughs> I, I just know as I just know as somebody who is a listener of your podcast like I think it would be really interesting to hear you reflect on your double year and reflect back on how this podcast has impacted you. Like that would be really interesting, even if it's just a small segment before you go into your your interview. Just
1: kind of okay. I fun. love that. I love that idea. That's really scary, but maybe I will. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like yeah. So I'm just. I loved. This is the first time I ever did a wheel of the year. So picking cards and then to me it was just so beautiful being able to like soak in that energy for the whole month Mm -hmm. and being able to like reflect back on it Mm -hmm. and see how kind of everything kind of like melded together um exactly And it's just so cool. And I feel like it's so, like, I've never seen so much, like, spirit is medicine in action as doing that.
0: Well, I think, you know, it's almost like pulling the card of the day, but, like, on steroids because you get 30 full days to, like, really marinate and really get to know it and really converse with it and see all the different multifaceted sides of it. I think or at least for me personally, like, sometimes being in, like, a pulling a card in a day, like, can be helpful, but then we kind of move on, and meanwhile, we've participated in, like, pick a hundred pick-a-pile you know, totally. cards on Instagram.
1: And, you know, it would be and, really cool if you did a coffee cup for each month.
0: Ooh, and, like, really Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: I love it. And think on that that would be really that would be really special
1: that would be so cool that would be even like a cool offering for people
0: mm-hmm. you're gonna right. have especially I have enough printed I can even shuffle them to pull like because I have quite a few you know I, I print them for like my personal library and I could shuffle the prints to like pull the the cup for the month
1: you thought of that like way better than I did I was thinking you were just gonna drink a lot of coffee <laughs> Well, that could work too like I could drink the cup on the first of the month like December oh my 1st. god I love that and you could do it every day for the whole month mm-hmm. and then you would have it for yeah for the whole year okay. then I don't know. Ooh. or for like the last 12 days leading up to first. New year's
0: mm-hmm That's
1: really interesting. Ooh, I love that idea. We're all going to be watching if this happens.
0: (laughs) Everyone's going to say I'm really decaffeinated.
1: (laughs) You're going to, like, forget to do it, and then you're going to do it on the last day. Right. (laughs) And then just be, like, wired. Here are all the (laughs) cups. Yes. Oh, my God. And I'm also thinking about it, like, the page of cups feels very, like, the coffee thing. Because like this message in a cup, it's so Except literal.
0: Expecting something, right? It may not make sense that I'm expecting there to be something speaking in there, right? It's
1: and it painful. also feels very Mercury in Pisces in your third house, <laughs> right? The messenger. The messenger. The messenger of coffee. <laughs> Okay, so what, what was I going to ask? I was going, okay, so what did you learn from your wheel of the year? Was there anything before I interrupted you and started chatting? Well, I think, I've
0: been thinking a lot about, Really especially, because everything was influenced by that center card of the Empress card, right? Especially because it felt extra, like, magnetized because it's the collective energy plus my personal energy. So I kind of, like, look at everything through that lens and kind of see how they would play together. And I think it's really beautiful how this Empress here, like, starting a business, growing things, using creativity in a different way, planting a lot of seeds in preparation for my emperor year next year, because my, I'm a life path four, it's going to be a personal four year, plus the collective numerology of the 2020, you know, can be a four, so I feel like right now I'm kind of in the space of what have I learned, what do I need to continue thinking about about this emperor year to, like, really propel me into my emperor year, especially if I want to, you know, grow this business, um, yeah.
1: Oh, I so love kind of, that.
0: Yeah, so I'm really kind of like thinking about how the three is like taking me into the
1: four. Mm. How do you feel like, what's your relationship like with receiving?
0: <sighs>
1: <laughs> we ask all the hard questions.
0: It's, it's hard. Um, I have a hard time asking for things.
1: Mm.
0: Not of, Not of spirit, but of like people in in real life, like, I have a, maybe that's the Aries in me, and maybe that's, you know, the Uranus at the top, and maybe that's the Capricorn rising, like, I'm just going to climb this mountain on my own, like, I very much, like, figure things out, so I feel like I could be much more receptive in in saying I need help, I need support, and then opening up to receive, but, I mean, I love community, (laughs) so (laughs) there's still lessons to be learned around that for me, for sure. And I think that will, if I can be more open to that, that will help me with an emperor year because, you know, emperors and kings can't do everything by themselves. Like, collaboration is an important part of it. So,
1: totally. That, to that is a great well. point. What's so, that? I said that was a great point.
0: Yeah. Well, I've been thinking, I don't, so next year we have 2020. Mm -hmm. what do you think are you going to keep the the 22 as like a master number to riff with or are you going to go ahead and add the two and two together for a
1: four I'm going to add the four or I'm going to make it a four Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's something with me to learn about my like purpose next year Mm -hmm. like because especially with it being my birth card because my my birthday does add up to 22 so then it reduces down to four Uh so I feel like this year is so big with like I feel like this whole year I've been searching for my purpose and I've kind of like recently just like let it go and I've kind of had this feeling that it's just gonna come to me Uh. and I feel like it's gonna happen next year like, I just know it. Like, it's coming. there was a lot that I think I needed to release in order to, like, make room for it. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like I'm stepping into, like, my soul's purpose. That's
0: beautiful.
1: Which feels very emperor. It
0: feels very emperor. Right? And then once you step into your soul's purpose of, like, that four and you, like, start filling up from that space. The 22 is, like, the master builder.
1: Ooh, tell me more. What? How did you even get that?
0: According to to numerology, like, people will think of 22 as being, like, the master builder energy. So I've been thinking, a lot of people are thinking 22, we can use the full card, right? Because the full could be, like, the 22nd card of the major arcana. Right. But for me personally, when I think of the collective energy, I'm going to keep the double zeros as the full. So we have 2020, so we have two zeros. So it's like full supercharged.
1: Mm. And then we have
0: the four, the two plus two, four emperor. But then we have the 22 master builder. So I'm thinking those are like the Kings.
1: Whoa. And then
0: it's a master, right, you would need all four of those elements. You would need all four of those suits, right. To come together, collaborate. If you're really going to, build
1: something in a masterful way yes balance is like what I've been trying (laughs) to like get myself to Uh because I am such an extreme human and then but I feel like that's also like my pitfall Uh so like trying to be more centered and to Uh incorporate like all of the different elements you're right because you can't build anything if there's not a structured foundation
0: right so i'm thinking i personally i might want to play with those kings like thinking about them as like a collective of like a master builder energy to well, kind of go along with the emperor because the emperor four four takes this to the four
1: kings you know well it's also anything. the fire energy because the emperor is like fire and then the kings are all fire but then you're adding in all of the other elements. Uh-huh. Ooh, I feel like you are just like a living collage of knowledge. <laughs>
0: that's, I, I See, that's my Mercury and Pisces. It's like I, yeah, I like, I like to pull these things together and go into these little places and see
1: what happens. Wow. Oh my God. I'm going to do like so much. I, can't, I don't even know there's too much to think about right now
0: <laughs> that could be the problem because then i've been suffering in the cups because now I have so much to think about like
1: ah! oh my god it's so exciting though i you're just ah you're just a delight
0: as are you
1: ah okay well I don't want to keep you on here forever. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, it's already been an hour and 30. (laughs) We've been
1: having so much fun. We have been. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Okay, Uh, so where can everybody find you and like tell everyone like what you want them to go check out and everything?
0: Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at Golden Finch, which is spelled G O L D Y N Finch, F I N C H. So you'll find me over there and if you join me over there, you'll see um, like mystical cup reveals or I'll show pictures at the bottom of a coffee cup. And you'll oftentimes be invited to, you know, see what you see in the cup. I'm not like the one interpreting them. It's more of like a community and engagement kind of exercise of letting it be an oracle for you. Uh, You'll also see some collages, some tarot musings and IGTVs around um, like an arcana report. So kind of looking at where the moon is going to be throughout the week and looking at corresponding tarot cards and then some clarifying cards. So just kind of like an energy reading, but more maybe like in kind of a teachery kind of different, uh, Mercury and Pisces manner.
1: (laughs) I love it.
0: And then I have, if you're somebody who's new to tarot, um, I have a kind of like a, an entry point into starting a tarot practice for yourself. I have a series of that over on YouTube and you can also just find, you know, put in Google uh, golden finch and find me uh, that way. And then I I have a website. So again, if you, if you plug in golden finch into your browser, you'll find my YouTube, Instagram website. You'll find it all.
1: Okay. I have one more question because I'm greedy. Bring it. So what are some of your favorite books? Because I feel like we've been talking so much about like writing, not writing, but like speaking and the third house and it seems like you're an avid reader. So I love getting like book recommendations, poetry recommendations, anything that comes to mind.
0: I love it. So I haven't been reading as much lately. Lately it's been so much like podcasts around like tarot and astrology, um. So just a couple podcast recommendations Um, in addition to yours. I love Cosmic Cousins, Wild Soul, Strange Magic, Living Open. Um, Living Myth is um, interesting too. I like that one as well. And then there's a whole bunch of others. But one of my favorite poems – are you into poetry?
1: Love poetry.
0: So um, it's a red cover. It's titled Rose, and the the poet is Lee Young Lee, and one of my – favorite poems of all time is in there it's called from blossoms
1: and
0: that poem really really touches me so so much i'll send it to you so you can read it
1: yes i'll read it for this episode in the beginning Mm -hmm. oh i love that thank you so much
0: thank you so much i've enjoyed this conversation so much
1: me too Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Definitely follow and check out Jess Golden Finch on Instagram. And her website is just goldenfinch.com. So I hope you loved it. I know you did. What's not to love, right? and i love you guys thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode if you could share it with a friend or give it five stars or subscribe to the podcast that would be amazing and then also i never even said who i am because i don't have my normal intro So if you are a new listener, I am Anna, I am your host, and this is Blind Love Radio. So thank you guys again for listening, and I will see you next week for all of your creative, magical, transformative inspiration, because I am your cosmic hype girl, and I'm here to hype you. Mwah!